Welcome to Lift Yourself Podcast. I'm your host, Laura, and I created this podcast to help you feel inspired and uplifted so you can unleash your potential self to the world. In this podcast, I talk about divine feminine energy, female empowerment, personal development, and much more. You can expect a mixture of guest interviews and solo episodes from me alongside some of my guided meditations. I'm so happy that you're joining me today. So let's get started. Hello, welcome back to the podcast or welcome to the podcast if you are brand new. My name is Laura and I am your host. I have an exciting guest interview episode to share this week. I am joined by the lovely Erin Claire Jones, who is a human design expert. Now, before I get into introducing Erin officially, I just thought we should do a little bit of a catch up because there's a couple of things I have to share with you. The first is a celebration that I have just reached. The podcast has officially hit 50,000 downloads. So I wanted to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to the podcast, for sharing the podcast, for returning to the show. And even if this is the first ever episode that you're listening to from me, I'm so glad that you are here, that you have been led and drawn to the podcast. And I hope that you stick around because... I have so much fun creating the podcast. It is very time consuming, don't get me wrong. Anyone who has a podcast will tell you that, especially when you're doing it by yourself. One of the most, well, there's so many fun aspects to it. I really enjoy connecting with the guests, having these expansive conversations. I have truly grown beyond belief as a person over the past couple of years. And I think one of the biggest factors to that is this podcast and thinking about how many hours of conversations with experts and people with all these different backgrounds and stories and lessons that I've been taking in and then listening back to as I'm editing. And that is 100% compounded and influenced how I show up now and the knowledge that I have. Not only that, I love the ability to be able to connect with you and hearing how the podcast has helped you in some way, how you've found the podcast. And it's found you in a dark time or a difficult moment a challenging time and it's been a light in your life and it's led you on a path of doing the inner work and seeing things from a different perspective and really supporting you to feel uplifted and that's the whole intention with this podcast is to up level you and help you feel uplifted to then go and do whatever it is that you truly want to do with your life and how you want to feel I'm a big advocate for not settling and when we have the understanding, the knowledge, the tools and the community space, magic can happen and this podcast is living proof of that. So once again, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much. I don't want this to sound cheesy, but I actually am very much aware of the fact without you, this wouldn't be possible. I wouldn't have a show, I wouldn't have guests to come on the show and I could record, but if no one's listening, then it wouldn't have the impact that it's having now. So I trust it's just the beginning of everything that is to come. And this work is my sole mission right now. And I won't be stopping anytime soon. And then the next thing that I wanted to share is another bit of exciting news. You might have seen me talking about this over on Instagram if you follow me there. If you don't, what are you doing? Why are you not joining me on Instagram? Because I'm so active over there. I will leave a link to my Instagram in the description of this podcast. But my handle is at underscore Laura Lifts underscore. And I've been sharing that over the past few weeks, I've been working on putting together an exciting mini course. So if you have been around here for a while, you've probably heard me talking about Free the Feminine, which is my eight week divine feminine and self-development program. I've run it twice this year and both rounds have been extremely successful this second round I've been blown away by the feedback and I've been doing a couple of lives over on Instagram with a couple of the women that joined. I've done two separate ones now so if you do follow me on Instagram go and check those lives out because you will hear Emma and Christine both talking about their story and how the course has really helped them, working with me has helped them up level their life and all of the fun things that they've experienced as a result of really committing and devoting to doing this work. So I knew that I wanted to bring something that was focusing on subconscious reprogramming, considering I am an advanced hypnotherapist. It's my bread and butter. 
focusing on beliefs and behavior patterns and all of those things that aren't serving us anymore to be able to alter and shift and align our life completely with our future self. So I had actually ran a masterclass well over a year ago now. It was back in September 2022. So it was before I went to Bali and I called the masterclass Seduce Your Subconscious. And that masterclass at the time was really successful. I had quite a few signups and it was about two hours long overall and I had all this amazing feedback. And then I went over to Bali in the October and then I was working on Free the Feminine when I come back from Bali and then I was launching it. So it's been one thing after another, so to speak. And then it wasn't until the second round of Free the Feminine ended back in the end it was October so last month I was reflecting on wanting to bring a subconscious reprogramming course out having it as a mini course so it's just four weeks I knew I wanted to focus it also on embodying success and self-love and really feeling that truly to see change in your life so I remembered the masterclass that I hosted and I love the title Seduce Your Subconscious so I decided to create it into a mini course and then looked into a few different things had conversations with lots of different people asked different questions and I got really focused on how can this serve the women who are drawn to this course in the best way possible to get the best transformation in the shortest amount of time and that's what I've been able to develop. So at the moment, I have a waitlist for Seduce Your Subconscious. So you can sign up to the waitlist and you will receive exclusive bonuses and discounts before anyone else. And you'll find out a lot more about the mini course before I share it over on Instagram. So it's 100% worth being on that waitlist, especially if you're in the back of your mind thinking, yeah, I really want to try this program. I want to go out with a bang for 2023 and really set myself up for 2024. So if you want to join the waitlist, I will leave a link to that in the description of this episode so you can find it. This week on the show, I'm joined by Erin Claire Smith, who is a human design expert, and her work has helped thousands of people and companies step into their work and their lives as their truest selves so they can feel that they are living their highest potential Erin's work as a guide, coach and speaker has attracted a growing community of over 250,000 people who turn to her teachings for practical tools, digestible tips and deeper self-knowledge that they can apply to live with greater ease and authenticity every single day. In this episode, we cover so much. I really enjoy exploring human design. I see myself as a beginner so I had a lot of questions that I wanted to ask. We started off talking about how Erin got into this work and what work she had done on herself prior, what led her to find human design. We talk about what human design is and how is it similar and not so similar to astrology because I know that we can get the two confused. I definitely did. We then talk about each different design types, their role, what they mean. We talk about the inner authority. We talk about living your life in alignment to your human design and how that can help you. What begins to happen when you're not living your life in alignment with your human design and some signs that begin to show up in terms of our emotions and how we're feeling. I ask Erin about the arrows that you see on your human design chart. I ask about the numbers and what each number means and how it applies to us. I asked whether each human design type can conflict with another or whether they get on together all the same and lots of other things. The final point that I wanted to mention before I play this week's episode is Erin has kindly given us a discount code. If you would like to purchase Erin's blueprint so you can receive a 55 page guidebook for your own personalization, if you don't know what your human design is and after listening to this episode you immediately know you want to go and check it out, you can access that for free but there is an opportunity to be able to go deeper within the blueprint guide 
and the discount code that Erin has given us is Divine Feminine in all capital letters and you will receive 10% off. I will put a link to that in the description of this episode and if you do purchase it feel free to reach out and let me know because I'm always curious to hear what your human design is and how it has helped you. When I have began to learn about this for my own life I can feel already it's going to make so many more differences and changes to how I show up in my personal life, in my business and just in general as a human. So yeah, this episode is one of my favourites from the whole year. I know you are going to love it. If you do, then don't forget to take a screenshot of you listening to this episode, add it to your stories, tag me, tag Erin, let us know what you enjoyed about this episode, what your biggest takeaway is. And if you've got a friend in your life who you think would really benefit from finding out about human design, share it with them, let them know about it. I'm going to let the episode play, so let's get into it welcome to the podcast Erin how are you I'm doing great I'm so happy to be here I'm so excited to record this I know that we had spoke earlier on in the year and it just wasn't aligning so I was so happy when we were able to make this happen it's been a long time coming yeah absolutely so what would be an amazing starting point please Erin is to share with us what is human design And how can human design help us really amplify our life and how we live? Beautiful. So human design is a system based on your time, date, and place of birth that reveals how you're uniquely wired to thrive, whether it's how you work, whether it's in your relationships, how you parent. And I think in terms of how to amplify the life that we're here to live, I think it gives us permission to show up in a way that uniquely works for us. I think so often we get stuck because we try to walk a path that's not for us or try to emulate how someone's done things, but it doesn't actually work for us. And I think human design so clearly and specifically outlines how we are meant to do things in a way that's really going to work well for us. Yeah, I love that. Now, I'm quite a newbie, let's say, to human design. So recording this episode is really helpful for me because I'm sure I'm going to learn a lot. And when I first discovered it, I was questioning, is it the same as astrology or is it different? What are the similarities, if there is any? Of course. So Similar in some ways for sure, in that it's based on our time, date, and place of birth. Astrology also plays a role in human design. So human design pulls from many systems, from the I Ching to the Kabbalah to the chakra system. Astrology is one of them and is definitely a very important one. I think they're incredibly complementary. I think the information it gives us is quite different, you know, but very supportive. I think what drew me to human design is that it's so practical. It not only gives us all this juicy self-knowledge, but it gives us actual tools to put all that knowledge into practice. I don't know astrology well enough to say that's not true for astrology. I think, honestly, it can actually probably be very true for astrology as well. But I think the magic of human design for me is just the, how do I make decisions? How do I create opportunities? You know, How do I navigate working on a daily basis? And it gives us so many practical tools that we can put into action almost immediately. Yeah. I would also love to delve into how you got into this work and what work had you done on yourself prior to discovering your human design? So personally for me, I got into self-development, discovered law of attraction, manifestation, and then human design came across my path further down the line. So was that the same for you or was it the gateway to working on yourself? Great question. So I think that I was definitely very curious about myself before. You know, I think I was exploring a lot of different modalities. I'd done a yoga teacher training. I was exploring Reiki. You know, I would go on meditation retreats. I went to therapy. So like there was a lot that was coming up for me. And I think that I was interested in all these different systems, but I don't think I ever thought to build a career out of it. Like it just felt like a personal journey. I remember like I was getting so into tarot. I was like, in my early 20s and like bringing my tarot cards to my corporate job. It was just like, so all that stuff was like kind of bubbling up. And then when I discovered human design in 2015, it just blew me away. It felt like it kind of bridged the mystical and the practical in a way that I had never experienced before. And so I think that it really sparked a whole big transformation in me, you know? And so I think I started exploring new things as well with human design, but I don't think human design was the gateway. It just was the most powerful tool that I'd found. Yeah, it was the thing that really excelled your growth and then you on the path. So one of the things that I notice now, and I'm not sure whether you are on the same wavelength or resonate, is that there are a lot of people, especially since the pandemic, who are wanting to work on themselves more, maybe make a change in their life, their career path, start their own businesses and pivot 
from a life they once knew to something completely different. Why do you think that more people are going down this route now? And do you think there is a connection to all of the resources that we have with human design and and a shift happening in the collective? Yeah, it's a great question. I definitely like have seen so much growth in the past couple of years. It feels like more and more and more people are open to human design, especially people that I assume might be skeptical of a system based on your um, time, date and place of birth. You know, I don't have a, a really clear answer. I do just feel that like people are less tolerant of doing things in the way they've always done them. Like, I feel like there's just a little bit more curiosity of like, what's a way that's actually going to work for me? Because like, this isn't actually feeling good anymore. And I think 2020 kind of brought that to light for a lot of people and it's only grown since. So I think that people are, I think, open to different systems, not because I don't know if there's like a big spiritual awakening or maybe, but more that I think people are open to different tools and modalities, you know? And I think that if human design is useful, then they're open to it, even if they've never explored a system like this before. And so I think that I just find that people are less tolerant of doing things the way they've always done. And they're more open to any tool that will kind of help them find a new way of doing things. Yeah, I agree. So before you got into human design, talk to me about the way life was then to how it is now and what's different. Yeah, great question. I think that you know, before I got into human design, I was really enjoying life, but I was definitely didn't feel like I was like, you know, aligned with my purpose. I was just, you know, I was having fun and I felt like I was working really hard, but in a way that wasn't sustainable. You know, I studied impact driven entrepreneurship. So I was always interested in how people built companies. And when I graduated college, I moved to New York City and started working at a financial tech startup. And I loved it, but I was also mostly obsessed with the fact that people didn't know how to work together. Like the team itself was felt quite dysfunctional. And I was like, why don't people understand each other? Like they just like don't get how different they each are. And then I moved on and started consulting for a number of different companies. And it was a similar thing where I just could observe that like there was a little bit of like dysfunction in teams because there wasn't a deep understanding of one another. And so that's kind of where I was in my life when human design came. And so I think part of what struck me about human design was like, oh, this is a tool, maybe the tool for me that helps people understand each other in a way that they can work together more effectively. So, you know, that's that's where I was. But in terms of where I was in my life, you know, I think that I was really just like trying to figure myself out and I was really modeling what I was meant to do after the people around me. You know, I was in a really entrepreneurial scene in New York City and it was amazing, but I was like, I have to hustle so hard. And like, so I was, and I think when I discovered my human design, I just realized that that probably wasn't the route for me. And so it, it gave me permission to build a business and to show up to work in a way that was entirely different, you know, in a way that is so much less about hustling and doing and more about just really connecting to my innate gifts and finding the right partners and the right support. And then I think it's changed so many other parts of my life as well. You know, I think my community radically changed because my standards for relationships changed because I also got really clear on like what my needs and relationships would be. Um, I got together with my partner right when I was discovering human design and sharing it with him. And our relationship has been so informed by our understanding of each other's design. So I feel like, you know, there's been a lot of like material growth and success in my life since discovering human design. But I think actually the more interesting piece is that I feel like I'm just so much more in flow with it all. Like, I feel like I just really trust what's happening in a way that I don't need to know where I'll be in five years. I just know that what I'm doing right now feels right. And so I'm just curious about what's to come. It's not coming from like, I'm going to do this. So in 10 years, I'll be here. It's like, this feels so good and so right. So I'm going to just keep trusting that and see what happens. And I think what I've discovered in my life is that when I live life that way and my human design equips me with the tools to do that, things are way more magical than I ever could have planned you know, and so it has helped me really get out of my head in so many ways. Yeah, it's almost as if you are more present in the moment and you're developing your own self-awareness using your human design. So the aligned action steps you're taking is to help you, not put you in a situation where you feel like you're fighting a losing battle because if we've been taught to show up in a certain energy and it doesn't align for different, you know, types, it's not going to feel good. So are you okay to share with us the different designs and go into some information about each one and what they mean? Of course. So if you are new to human design, you can look up your design or your type at humandesignblueprint.com. There's going to be a lot of information there. Don't worry about it all at first. I think what you want to look at at first is your type. There are five different types. It's a really important part of your design, but it's also just the first piece. So know that if you and your partner share a type or you and your child share a type, it doesn't mean you're the same. 
We have generators, manifesting generators, projectors, reflectors, and manifestors. And you are a generator. Is that right? That's right. Okay. So let me start with generators and I'll start with manifesting generators too. So collectively, these two types are the doers, the ones that have such amazing energy to kind of build, create, and make things happen. When they feel a genuine sense of satisfaction, they're really lit up by what they're doing. I would say the more lit up you are, the more energy you have, the more you magnetize your way, the more you kind of, you give energy to other people as well. An ideal day for generators and manifesting generators is often one where you wake up inspired and excited, use up your energy throughout the day in ways that really excite you, whether it's working out, moving your body, you know, seeing friends, doing work, and then you drop into bed delightfully spent. You're like, I've used it all up and now I can sleep well at night. And so that's a big lesson for both these types is prioritizing their satisfaction. And then also, you know, both of these types are really meant to let things come to them and they're not meant to chase after anything. They're meant to wait for things to show up in their world and light up their gut before they go after them. And then for generators specifically, and I'm curious how and if this resonates with you, there's often a real desire to kind of dive deep into something and master something. There's a very kind of steadfast, committed, masterful energy, this kind of like staying power that you have. Um, But you really are such, you have such a gift for bringing ideas to life when again, there's that kind of genuine excitement that is there. Have you noticed that show up in your own life? Yeah, absolutely. So I am full of energy. And when I'm with what's something that lights me up, I can just give my all to it. And then when it's not aligned or I don't have the same momentum, let's say, and interest, I can notice the difference. And then when I'm able to go to bed at the end of the day and really feel like I've put a lot of focus towards what I'm creating through the podcast and my business and my content, it makes me, I feel so much more fulfilled. And when I, found out my human design through your site and then you provide like a little it was almost like a sentence isn't it a summary I was like that is me to a T I was like how does she know that that's me but yeah I do really resonate with it it's interesting because for me as a generator I've always wondered I didn't know until I started to learn more about this that not everyone works in the same way I do or has the same energy as I do And I didn't have an understanding as to why that was until I started to become familiar with this. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that as a reminder, because I think that, you know, one of the most powerful tools human design can offer us is empathy for the people around us, because it really helps us understand how others are designed to do things differently. And I would say for generators and manifesting generators specifically, a big lesson is realizing that not everyone has the energy and stamina as you do you know, the same level. And so just not expecting others to keep up with you can often create a lot more ease in relationships because you're not as frustrated by that. Um, So manifesting generators are often, you know, quite similar to what I shared, but they often are quite multi-passionate. They might love moving their energy in between many things at once. These are my clients that are coaches and also lawyers and also opening dance studios all at once. And then they often can find the fastest way to make something happen. Then we've got projectors. Projectors are really here to be leaders, guides, advisors, teachers, not here to do all the doing. And so often projectors are very naturally sensitive to and wise about people. And so they really thrive in positions where that is their gift and where they can really kind of share their perspective and ask the right questions. Like I said, they're not meant to be consistent doers. And so it can be really good to create moments of pause and space in their days where they can kind of honor the natural ebb and flow and not expect consistent momentum from themselves. They're here to be invited into things. They're not here to chase after anything as well as like generators. They're really here to wait for somebody to be like, hey, you, I think you'd be amazing at this. Like you're the one to do it. So as a projector, I would consider where in your life you feel the most deeply seen, invited in and recognized and really invest more energy in that place. And one one last piece I would share is that know that as a projector, people cannot invite you unless they see you. And so a lot of our job is to make ourselves visible and just share with the world that we exist, which could be sharing on Instagram or on podcasts like this or a newsletter. So kind of letting people know in a very broad way in a way that really allows the right people to resonate with and come to you. Clear? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, And then we've got, oh, go ahead. No, sorry. I'm glad that you mentioned that because I was going to ask about when it comes to manifesting and co-creating the life that you want. It. I noticed that it says about waiting to respond or being invited. So is it a case of you make yourself available or you at least put yourself out there and then wait for the invitations to come to then decide which one you're going to say yes to and which one you're going to say no to? Yeah, think of the invitation. It's a great question. I think the invitation and response 
are both ways to just know what's right for you or not. So like as a generator, like you might visualize and dream up and have a lot of intentions around what you want to create. But then it's not often until things shows up in your world and your gut is like, yes, right now, then you'll know that like, oh, this is the thing to pursue and this is the timing to pursue it. Whereas as a projector, like, again, I remember even before I discovered human design, I was like, I really want to be on the cutting edge of something. Like, I just want to like learn about a thing that's so new and weird. And like, I had no idea what that thing was. Like, I just really had that drive. And then I met a stranger and he read my human design chart and was like, you're meant to do this. And I was like, okay, this feels really good. I'm going to lean into it. And so like, that was my invitation. So like I had a, I had a bigger dream, but I had, I had no idea how it would manifest. And so I think our strategy helps us know where to pour our energy and at what moment to actually put it there. Make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. Yeah. So we're, we're shining our light and then stepping back, leaning back to let the universe bring forth. Yes. Yes. And so then we've got two more types. We have manifestors and reflectors. So manifestors are these very disruptive, innovative forces. They're really here to kind of get things started, get the ball rolling, but not here to do all the doing themselves. Often just like getting a thing off the ground is when they thrive, like at the beginning stages of the process and then kind of being able to hand things off. Manifestors are not meant to do things like anyone else is doing them. So they're really here to just bring new ideas into the world. And so giving themselves permission to do it differently and also work with and around people that really honor their disruptive nature. They're not really here to be told what to do or guided in any way. And their energy can really ebb and flow as well. Like they might have these really powerful, inspired, creative bursts where they're totally on fire for weeks, days, or hours, and then kind of times where they have to pull back and be alone. They're here to initiate. So they're actually not here to wait for anything to come to them. They're here to kind of wait for some inspiration to kind of take hold within them. And then once they feel that urge to just go for it and just pursue it without needing to know where it's going to take them. Clear? Yeah, love that. The final type is a reflector. It's the most rare type. These people are so deeply sensitive to their environment. And so it's so important for them to kind of really spend time in spaces and around people that really feel good because the right opportunities emerge when they're in the right spaces. So being really ruthless about curating their home and their office and the city they're in and the cafe and restaurants they go to. The magic of reflectors is that they are so fluid. They will have days where they feel like generators or manifesting generators or projectors. And their job is not to be just one thing, but to honor whatever feels like them that day, knowing it's all them. Yeah. I know that this question might sound a little bit too broad, but why do we think that there's only a small percentage of the population that is a reflector type? So, you know, my belief, and I think people will probably have different thoughts on this, is that you know, I think one thing that human design has taught me is that we all need each other. You know, manifestors are really good at getting a thing started. Generators and manifesting generators offer like all this amazing resource and energy to actually like bring it to life. Projectors can like advise and guide the process, ask the right questions along the way. And then reflectors can kind of come in, see what's working, what's not, share their perspective and then go. And so like if reflectors are really here to be evaluators, like ones that kind of like see and sense things that other people miss, like you don't need a ton of them because you need kind of one in a space you know, to kind of share what they see and like allow all those improvements to go. If we're all reflectors, like we would need the doing energy as well, you know? So I think part of why it's a more rare type is that, you know, one reflector can have such an impact in a space, you know? And I think that like their perspective can be so powerful and you don't need like dozens of them. You need kind of one to make a really, have a really transformative effect. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. So have you ever experienced someone say to you, my human design doesn't resonate with me. I know I said that the summary really was me and lots of other aspects I can see myself as a generator, but have you noticed that not everyone does? So human design is not for everyone because, you know, nothing is. I think that I have not had that experience very often, which is surprising to me. I think that early on, I expected that I'd have a good number of people that were like, no, this isn't really for me. But I think that for some reason, like human design feels very familiar to people. Like when they hear it, they're like, oh my God, like I've always known that and I've never allowed that. So I think that I work with lots of people that um, that aren't living their design and they're like, hear it, they're like, oh wow, is that possible? But I think that I, I have not worked with many people that just like straight up don't resonate. Um, and there are, of course, some people, I remember some client was like, she got her blueprint and she was like, oh, this is cool, interesting. And then like she read it a year later and she's like, oh, now this makes sense. So I do find that like at different times in people's lives, different things will resonate. One example that comes to mind, which was such a funny one, it wasn't even a client, it was a friend. I remember sharing his human design with him back in 2016. So I probably was not sharing it 
you know, in the way that I've learned to, but I remember sharing it with him and he was just like, I don't like it. And I was like, interesting. I was like, so do you, if you don't like your design, I'm curious, like, is the way that you're living feeling really good? Do you feel really aligned in the way that you're showing up? Cause it's obviously not aligned with your design. He's like, no, not at all. And I was like, okay, well, I can't really help you. If you're not like open to a new way that I, I can't really guide. And it's been funny because I've watched him transform in so many ways since, you know, but I think that human design requires that you're open to a new way. You know, you don't have to take action on any of it, but it might introduce ways of showing up that are different than what you were taught. I know for me, being invited in was not what I was taught. I thought I was supposed to initiate and chase after, but I have enough evidence in my life to know that that doesn't work for me. So I was so grateful to be introduced to another way of creating opportunities for myself. So if someone's not living in alignment with their human design, what are some signs that they will begin to see and feel? And what would you recommend someone begin to do? So say if they check their human design out after listening to this podcast and think, oh, wow, that does really resonate with me. However, I'm not living my life in that way. So that can sometimes feel a little bit weird to a start. So what would be your advice? Yeah. And I'll just say that when I discovered my human design, that was my experience, you know, so the magic of human design is it actually gives you tools to work with it. So I would say as a generator or a manifesting generator, if you are out of alignment in some way, how that will often manifest is a sense of frustration where you kind of end the day and you feel restless, you feel kind of depleted in the not a satisfying way. You feel like frustrated often because like you're not using up your energy in ways that you actually enjoy and you're not like fully using it up. And so I think that if that is the case for you, I would say one of the first things you can do is just to take inventory of your life and ask yourself, okay, what are the things in my life that are bringing me the most satisfaction right now? Is it my work? Is it this friendship? Is it yoga? And what are the things that feel the most depleting and draining? And like, can I let any of these things go? And can I create space for anything else that feels more satisfying? And I I share that example not to suggest that as a generator, you are meant to be 100% lit up by every single thing you do because that's not the point. The point is that you do prioritize your satisfaction and it really you know, is important to you because again, the more satisfied you are, the more energy you have to do everything else. So I'm curious as a generator, how does that frustration piece feel? Like, have you noticed that show up in your life? Yeah, definitely. When I wasn't at the point where I am with the business now and the podcast, and I was in a job that I was thinking this isn't for me anymore. And I started to feel that frustration of making choices that weren't truly for me and didn't feel good anymore and previously being in a relationship that didn't feel aligned for me so there's been lots of snippets of it where I've noticed that feeling of it is like frustration that's the best way to describe it so when I began to take aligned action steps towards my vision and where I want to go I noticed the frustration would reduce and you are right there's going to still be times where we have to do things in life that doesn't light us up like pay bills or taxes you know that pick up the garbage yeah (laughs) Yeah, so it's we can't like expect that life's going to be high vibe all the time but I think it's just bringing the balance around well if I feel that I'm fulfilled in the work that I'm putting out to the world and the impact I'm having on clients that's a a big thing for me and then feeling fulfilled in relationships everything else is is okay that's that's life and we're gonna have to deal with different things but yeah yeah, the frustration was definitely and still is a benchmark for me where I can notice that I'm feeling "Mm, no I'm making a decision it doesn't feel good so the other piece that you've seen in the chart is about inner authority Mm -hmm. what does that actually mean when it comes to our inner authority and how can that help us in areas such as business, building businesses or our dating life and making decisions yeah. there? One question. I didn't talk about the like off track for the other types. Do you want me to do that? Oh, yeah. Sorry. I'm getting okay. too far ahead. No, no, no. I know. We got into it. So um, you're like, I've heard about my generator self. Let's keep going. Okay. Um, so and I'll be quick. So projectors, when they are out of alignment, what can often show up is a feeling of bitterness. And what bitterness is often rooted in is like a lack of recognition. It's like them knowing like I have so much to give and I see so many things that can be improved around me, but nobody's asking, nobody's inviting me in. And I don't feel valued from my perspective, which as a projector, you're meant to be valued for and seen for. So I think if that's the case for you, I would reflect, like I shared earlier, on just the places where you do feel the most invited in. And it might be one friendship, one colleague, one sibling, and just invest more energy there to be like, oh, wow, I really like, this is what it feels like. And I would also kind of hold back your advice or guidance until it feels like somebody's really genuinely ready to hear it. 
because it can cultivate a lot of bitterness to share your advice and then it doesn't land and they're not ready to take action. So also kind of conserving your energy. For manifestors to be out of alignment often shows up as a sense of anger. And anger tends to be rooted in this like a disempowered feeling where you're like, I am not free to be who I want to be and do all the things I want to do and start the things I want to do. And like, and so, and it can just be this kind of like disempowered, confined energy. And so I think if that is the case, I would explore as a manifester where you can create a little bit more freedom in your life. You know, whether there's like a day where you can feel really be free or whether there's like a, a way that you can show up and work, whether you can take less meetings, whatever it is to just kind of be like, how can I feel a little bit more free in the way that I'm doing things? Finally, for reflectors to be off track is this feeling a sense of disappointment. And that often is like just kind of being in the wrong spaces with the wrong people, feeling like people aren't even listening to your perspective, aren't even asking what you see. And I think I would really encourage reflectors to just take inventory similar to generators, but this time ask themselves, what are the physical spaces that I love being in? And how can I carve out more time to spend in those spaces? And what are the spaces that really feel quite draining and depleting and aren't feeling really good in my body? And Maybe I'll spend less time there. It is so interesting how spot on that is in in so many ways that when you aren't in alignment, you feel these emotions. And I do think it gives people a lot of clarity. It makes sense. So sometimes when these emotions arise, we question, why do I feel like this? What's wrong? Whereas this gives an indication that there's nothing wrong as such. It's just a simple switch that you can choose to make to feel better in, in life. Yes. Totally. It's, it's funny because it seems so simple. It doesn't mean that like as a projector, I can't be angry or I can't be frustrated. Like those things of course can emerge, but like what gets to like the core of when I'm like feeling really out of alignment is bitter. Is like, just like being like, God, I have like so much to give and I, I don't feel like I'm have the opportunity to, or nobody's asking me to. And so it really does speak to kind of the core of each type in such a potent way. So to your question around authority. So if you've pulled up your chart, now look at what it says under authority. And authority, I'm so glad you asked about it because it is one of the most useful aspects of the chart. Authority is the piece that speaks to how we're designed to make decisions. You know, so often a lot of us are trying to make decisions from our mind. We're creating pro-con lists. We're trying to convince ourselves in or out of things. We feel really indecisive because we're in our head about it. And human design reveals a deeper knowing within each of us that we can access to know what's right for us, whether it's a relationship, a job, an opportunity, all of it. So there are seven different authorities. I'll go through them super, super briefly just to give you guys a taste. But you, I'm going to start with you first. You are wait for clarity. This is also known as emotional. And so for both you and I, we're different types, but we have the same authority. It means that when we're entering a new relationship or when we're considering a new job or considering a move, we are not meant to be spontaneous. We might have an instinct about something. We might have like a gut feeling about something or an intuitive knowing, but often the best path forward is to sleep on it and just wait for like our emotions to settle and for us to just feel clear. Where you and I can both get stuck is if we kind of jump into something on a high or a low and then we just wake up the next day and we're like, why did I do that? Why did I say yes to that? And so it's best for us to kind of like let it settle and then say yes from that more kind of calm, clear and still place. Yeah, that resonates. You feel that? Yeah, Yeah, definitely. So I know for me, that was really annoying to discover. I was like, oh, I don't want to do that, you know, but I also know that when I look back at my life, the things that I rush into, I always regret. Yeah. And it tends to create a lot of chaos, both for me, but also for my partner, for my parents, you know, I'm just like, oh, this is not, this is not worth it. Mm -hmm. So do you know what's interesting just to add? I've always had a bit of frustration with the self of, well, why, why do I not just make a decision there and then? Why do I have to take time to think about it and then reflect on it and then decide and that probably is a lot to do with it being a natural it feels better for me to do that even though in society it's like just make the decision and choose and be spontaneous but if that's not good and then it creates decisions that aren't the best for me then it's much better to take a step back and just have the boundaries of I'm going to just give myself that opportunity to think and then choose because especially too because there's a lot of talk about listening to your intuition and you mentioned about the mind and journal and things else I do believe that we have the answer within anyway and that can come up but it's just giving yourself the space and not pressurizing to be quick with it yeah and the space to access it you know and I think and it's funny because you know, we won't go too deep into this, but we also all have areas in our design where we can get a little bit taken off track. And so one of the areas where you can get taken off track is you might feel like this pressure to pursue every idea yeah. that comes to you. 
So like you have to kind of navigate this pressure you feel with your need to sleep on things and feel into things. And so I find it's useful to sometimes have those things articulated to be like, oh, this is why it's hard. And like you said, the right decisions for you are not pressurized. They're the ones that actually make you feel very calm, not the ones that feel kind of very intense or this, like, there's like a nervous energy around it. Yeah. And like you said, there's so much blanket advice out there. Follow your gut, you know, just do it, whatever it is. And a lot of it doesn't apply to us, you know? And so just knowing like, what is our way? So a few of the other ones, we have trust your gut, which is also known as sacral. These people are meant to be spontaneous and trust their gut feeling in the moment. It is a very visceral feeling in their belly. Like somebody's like, do you want to do this? I'm like, yes. It just like comes out before they have a chance to think about it. And so, you know, they're meant to kind of follow that full-bodied yes. And I always say, if it is anything but a full-bodied yes, it is a no or not yet, you know? So waiting for that full-bodied yes to move forward. There are some people that it's called splenic or tune into your intuition. They're also meant to be fast and quick. It's less about a gut visceral belly feeling and it's more about kind of um, a whisper they feel, like a spontaneous knowing, kind of this like quiet resonance, like a voice they hear. It's the quietest of them all. So it's really useful to kind of have time to just be in their own energy and reconnect to it. There are some people that are what we call ego or tune into your willpower. They're meant to make decisions based on what their heart is pulling them towards, what they actually feel like they have the willpower to do, what they feel motivated to show up for, what they actually desire. Like when they're like, I want something, I desire it. Like that's often the right signal for them. Um, there are people that are self-projected and talk it out, also be in the right space and talk it out, mental, environmental. I know there's lots of language here, but they are really meant to kind of talk things out to find clarity and kind of like let the truth come through their voice. Um, and there's some nuances there, but just kind of high level. And then finally, the last type and the last authority is for reflectors. And reflectors are designed to give themselves a full 28 to 30 days before they make a big decision. Wow. And I just want to acknowledge that it's not always feasible to take that time. But I think what's most important for them is that they give themselves space and they're not making decisions based on other people's pressure or sense of urgency, but very much kind of based on what feels right for them. Yeah, that is so useful to know. Thank you for sharing that. I've never heard it explained in that way. And it's just making me curious to know more and and delve into it. So are you also able to share with us the four arrows that we see on the chart? So when you get your human design up, there's a chart uh, and then there's these four arrows. Now, all of mine point to the left. So what would -hmm. would that mean if or if someone's pointed to the right? I'm curious to hear a bit more about that. So each arrow is like a world unto itself. I think that um, it's one of my favorite things to teach on because it's there's so little information out there on it, but it's such a fascinating piece. So um, super high level, you know, the top left arrow speaks to digestion and food, kind of how you best take in food and information and how you best learn. Um, the bottom left arrow speaks to the right environment for you and also moving your body and how to do that in a way that feels good. Um, the bottom left arrow, sorry, the bottom right arrow speaks to your perspective, your view, how you naturally see the world. And then the top right kind of speaks to your motivation, what you're motivated by. So, um, lots of details here. You know, I would say in general with like lots of left facing areas, arrows for you. There's a very, you're somebody who might thrive with structure and strategy and discipline. And like, you might love having like regular meals and exercising your body regularly. And you might be really good at like zooming into things and like seeing the details, you know, whereas if somebody has all those arrows facing right or a majority facing right, like they might need a little bit less routine around food, you know, around, around moving their body, you know, environments are the ones that the right environments are the ones that kind of soothe them. They might be people that don't kind of see the like details, but really see the big picture. They might not be like super strategic. So it just gives us a lot of really good information. But let me give you kind of two tactical pieces that I think will be useful for anyone listening, because they'll know what their arrows are. So does that feel sound good? Yeah, amazing. Thank you. Yeah. So if the very top left arrow is facing left, this is for you. And then I'll speak about if it's facing right. So if it's facing left for you, it means that you are not designed to go too long without eating. Your brain like, is meant to like devour a lot of information. It uses a lot of energy. And so it's really good to keep yourself very well nourished and well hydrated throughout the day, which means like eating when you wake up, you know, eating a snack before or during a meeting, eating before a podcast. Like it's just good to kind of keep yourself nourished and have some consistency and not go too long without eating. This means that according to your design, take it or leave it, that fasting might not be very natural for you because you might kind of need that consistent nourishment. And it also means that when you're kind of learning and studying and taking in information, it's really good to have like structured time to kind of go deep into something and really kind of like not have any distractions and just explore. How does that resonate with you or not? 
it really does resonate. Um, my background was in fitness when I started working on myself. And I went through a period of disordered eating where I had long periods of time where I wasn't eating food, very minimal amount, and then over-exercising, very structured regime, extreme, not healthy at all, and very yeah. different to how I am now. But the way that I feel now in terms of my food, that that is interesting for me to know because I, I do think there probably is certain adjustments I could make to improve my overall wellness and feel more in alignment there so yeah thank you for telling me that because I didn't know oh my god of course let me give you one little piece which people can't see based on the arrows it's a deeper layer which you'll see when you look up your chart but it weirdly enough like when it comes to eating a thing for you to pay attention to and, and just so you guys know the listeners like this is a really kooky part of human design that is never the first piece that I share so just know that um you're somebody who's really sensitive to sound. And so one thing that can really support your digestion is actually like surrounding yourself by sound that sounds that you like while you eat, you know, turning on music you like, you know, being in restaurants where you like the music, who being around friends whose voices you like, like there's just a lot that you take in through your ears and it can be good to like surround yourself by sounds that are really pleasing as you eat and learn. Yeah. Wow. And I do really like having music on like high vibrational music, spiritual music, because I notice how different it makes me feel. Yeah. And one of the things that I learned through the work of Dr. Drew Dispenza is the energy and the intention that you put when you are eating a meal behind it, because it's the vibration of it going in to you so in the past if I had and well when I had not a healthy relationship with food it was a very different intention that was coming at it to what it is now so yeah that's amazing to know I love it yeah and eating is kind of meant to be a celebration for you so it sounds like you're already doing that so um and then for those that have that top left arrow facing right you might find that you don't need a, as much structure around eating. You know, it might be more around like eating when you're hungry, drinking when you're thirsty. It might be 8 a.m. one day, 12 p.m. the next. Like fasting might feel very natural for you. So like not forcing more structure than feels good. And it also applies to learning. Like this is this is what I have. And it means that you might not need like structured time to learn. Like you might actually do well, like putting in headphones and going for a walk in the city or wherever you live or like doodling or drawing, like, like doing something while you're doing something else is actually a really nice way to learn. Like you might not love taking notes. It can be good to just like pay attention, but also kind of like use your energy in other ways. So it's something to play with. And then I would say the other piece, the bottom left arrow is if it's facing left, like it is for you. It means it is good to have like regular movement, you know, not being overly rigid in your exercise, of course, but just like having some consistency moving every day. And it also means like the right environments for you are the ones that like really stimulate you and inspire you and like really energize you. And you kind of feel like in some ways you become the center of attention. So if you walk into a space and you kind of get that like burst of energy, it often means it's a really good place for you. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. I do love movement. I like my exercise, different exercises, yoga weightlifting combination of stuff and that really gets my energy going at the well I like working in the working out in the morning and also in the evening and sometimes in the evening it is good because then I just have a really full night's sleep yeah yeah because you can kind of fully use it all up and then go to bed which is so good as a generator um and then I would just say if it's the arrows facing right the bottom right bottom left arrow you're not meant to be super rigid about exercise. It does mean you can't move every day, but it's more around kind of like meeting your body where it's at that day. And it means the right environments for you are the ones that actually really calm you down, put you at ease. You walk into a space and you're like, oh, I just want to like sit back and like witness it all. Often is a really beautiful signal that it might be the right place for you. Amazing. So yeah. also as well on the chart, we have different numbers don't we now mine I believe is a five one mm-hmm. and I don't know what the numbers mean if someone's looking at their chart now and thinking how can I understand this are you able to give us a bit of a summary maybe it's certain numbers that you feel called to share with us and given an overview yeah so this is something called the profile there are 12 different profiles but they're made up of six different numbers so um, so I can briefly go through the six and just listen to the two numbers that make up your profile. So for you, you would listen to the one and the five. I'm a six, two. So I listen to the six and the two. If you're one, three, one, three, um, know that each combination will have a different meaning, but this will kind of give you a little bit of a taste of each one. So if you have a one in your profile, so you'd be a one, three, one, four, five, one, or four, one. It means that there's a very naturally investigative nature to you. You're here to dive deep into things. You're here to learn and like really understand the details. Like you probably really want to like understand how things work 
And so really carving out your space in your life to just like learn because you're really here to become an expert and authority. And when you're, when you thrive is when you feel like you really know what you're talking about. Like you've taken the time to learn and like, you just are like, my foundation of knowledge is strong. And so really kind of building that in your life, is going to bring you security in so many ways. And you really are here to be such an expert and authority in whatever it is you share. Do you notice that within yourself? Yeah, I do get really invested in learning different things, especially you know, the stuff that I am passionate about and wanting to have that knowledge. And I am focused on having a strong foundation. So yeah, I do like to do a good investigation. <laughs> good. You're meant to. Um, <laughs> then we've got twos. That's going to be a two, four, two, five, five, two, or six, two. And there's a very hermetic nature to these people. Having time and space alone to be in your own flow is so essential. And also there's a very kind of innate talent, genius nature to these people. I know genius is a strong word, but what I mean by it is that you're just meant to follow the things that come easily and naturally. Like often the things that come really easily to you are exactly where you're meant to pour your energy into and create value. And often with twos, we don't, we're like, we can't, we can't get paid for that thing. It just comes so easily. But like, that's often exactly what you're meant to do work around. The three, so that will be a three, five, three, six, six, three, or one, three. These people are very experimental. They're really here to learn by doing. They often won't believe something until they've had a chance to try it for themselves. So they're really here to like let the process be messy, like learn through trial and error, discover what works, what doesn't, and just keep growing and keep getting better. I think what I would really advise these people of is like the goal is not perfection. It is just like continuing to get better. So just like throwing things out of the world, trying, learning, and growing. Um, I would also remind those with threes that the lessons you learn along the way can be really valuable for other people. So I would not hesitate, you know, to share them because what you're learning as you're learning it is often very magnetic and very relatable for others. Fours, so that's going to be a two, four, one, four, four, six, or four, one. Community is so important for these people. Their opportunities come through the people they know. So investing in and nourishing their community is so, so important because they'll often date somebody that was a friend first or, you know, find a client through a former colleague. So just keeping their community informed and in what they're up to, informed about what they're up to. This is not about having a big community, but just about nourishing the right relationships. Five. So five, one, five, two, two, five, three, five, like you. You're somebody who's really here to be a very practical problem solver, like here to really bring a very kind of practical, innovative perspective to whatever your work is. And you might be really good at solving problems, but not every problem needs to be solved by you. So for you, it's about being really, really discerning about which problems are worthy of your energy, which ones you really feel like an expert and authority in. And one thing I would remind you of is that people can see possibility in you. So they might look at you and be like, you could be this or you could be this. And they might put you on a pedestal or in a box in some way. And I would just make sure that everything you're saying yes to is based on what feels true for you and not based on other people's expectations or desires for you. Make sense? Yeah, yeah it does. Yeah. I've definitely experienced that in yeah. different ways. Yeah. So it's just useful to be like, oh, like I see what's happening. And like that actually doesn't feel like me. So like it can feel seductive and it can feel really appealing, but that's actually not me. Um, and then finally, sixes are six twos, six threes, four sixes, or three sixes. These people are very natural role models, people that really inspire authenticity in others by just being so authentic themselves. They often have a three-part life process where the first 30 years of their life is trial and error galore, just gathering experience, learning as much as possible. 30 to 50 is often kind of when they the trial and error eases a little bit and they just become a lot smart about what's worth experimenting on and they start to kind of see things from a higher perspective. They find more and more people come to them for their wisdom and they are meant to hit their prime when they turn 50, which is not about waiting until then if you're not yet there, but more that like knowing that things are meant to keep getting better and better and better. Where at a certain age later in your life, like you're just meant to inspire others by just being yourself so fully. Um, so really embracing whatever phase of your of that process you're in. Yeah, well, thank you for sharing all of that. You just so much knowledge that comes out of you. I'm just in awe <laughs> as you share it all. And what I wanted to ask as well is, do you notice that certain designs get on better with the same designs or the opposite designs? Or can there be conflict with one design? I know I shared earlier on in the podcast how I have more of awareness now being a generator that not everyone has yeah. the same energy. So do you notice that as a theme? Yeah, I think, you know, not everyone will have the same approach here. I don't think human design is meant to be used as a tool to let you know, like, who you should partner with or who you should work with in a really definitive way. I don't think that's a really empowering use. I think it helps us know how best to partner and work with the people that we choose. 
And I think there's benefit to both. I think when you are working with or partnering with somebody that's really similar, whether they share a similar profile or whether they have a similar type, there's a sense of resonance and understanding where it's like, oh, I just kind of get you, you know, and that's like really nice. It can feel like home. But also we're often attracted to people that are really different. And so I think that like there, you know, my partner has like an opposite design to mine in every single way. And it's really, really wonderful because there's no expectation that will be the same. And so I think human design has been a really powerful reminder of like, oh, we're so different. And these are all the ways we can honor that. So I think there's benefit to both. Honestly, I think they're just different. I find a lot of my friends are projectors and have very similar designs to me. And I find that my partner and a lot of people that I work with have really different designs. Um, I will also say that there are no like two types that will be doomed where I'll like look at a partnership session and be like, oh my God, no, you know, but there are some that can require more work than others. And that's often a piece that goes beyond type. Just be like, oh, like this might, this piece might be challenging. So these are ways to kind of work with it, but you know, it's all possible. It's just about understanding each other on a deeper level. Yeah. And there's so many layers to it as well, isn't it? Human design is the blueprint of this is, you know, how you're showing up accordance to this. Yes. It doesn't make or break anything. There's lots of different aspects that will contribute to improving relationships, partnerships and working relationships. So I just, I've 100%. never really heard that question be asked before. So I, I felt that mm-hmm. it was good to just put the conversation there and, and see if it does influence it. Uh, yeah. into, I know we've spoken about shining your light and putting yourself out there around manifestation, but is there anything else that can really help from a human design point in terms of co-creating the life that you want to live? A lot of the listeners are into manifestation, mindset work. So I'm just curious if anything else is there as well. Yeah, I think that, you know, honestly, I find that aligning with our design is kind of the most powerful tool because it just helps us like move with life in a way that is much more in flow. Um, there is a piece of human design that is often referenced when it comes to manifestation. I just want to acknowledge that like this is not a piece that comes from the founder of human design. It's like a more newfangled interpretation. It's not a thing that I often ever share in readings, but if your audience is interested, I'm happy to share about it. Um, and that idea is around the bottom right arrow. And think about the bottom right arrow as the way that we generally see the world, kind of what our natural view and perspective is. And so when that arrow is facing left, it means like for you, a very natural way of seeing the world is like zooming into things and really kind of looking at the details. And so when you're envisioning a future for yourself, it might be useful to kind of think about what are the details? Like, what do I want it to look like on a very kind of like detailed level? Whereas if that arrow is facing right, your gift and your most natural view and perspective is pulling back and like seeing the bigger view. It's not zooming into any sort in peace. So if that's your view, it might be a little bit harder to kind of zoom in to the specific details. I know it always has been for me. And it's more around like, what is the bigger picture of what I want to create? What are the bigger things that I want to feel in this journey? And so that can be a fun piece to look at, but it's more just around again, like how you see, but I would really argue that living your design in all the other ways is probably your most powerful path. I know it has been for me to really getting in flow and kind of creating things that are probably bigger and better than you ever imagined possible. Yeah, because it's making you more magnetic. But I resonate with the the chart in terms of my arrow being in the left because I'm a very good visualizer and feeling the emotions or visualizing recording the podcast and how it would go and I know that there are a lot of people I've worked with clients who struggle with that and they say, I I can't get specific. And I said, well, it's okay. Just focus on how, as you say, maybe the bigger picture, how you want things to feel without getting so caught up in all the fine details. If that doesn't feel right, then that's okay. It doesn't mean that it's not possible for you. And I think because there's a lot of stuff in the online space now around getting specific, people can struggle with that. And it's not always natural in alignment with the human design. So it's useful for people to know that for themselves. Yes. Yes, totally. I feel like there's so much more that I could ask you. And I'm just (laughs) conscious of the time because we've been recording for so long. So before you do go are you okay to share with us if anyone wants to delve deeper into this work how they can do that if you've got anything up and coming of course yeah so if you're just like i want to learn all about my design the best place for that is we have something called the blueprint guide which is a 55 plus page guide all about your unique design it's totally personalized to you like there are hundreds of thousands of possibilities so if you want to like learn everything about you in a really practical, accessible way and an empowering way, that's a beautiful place for that. And um, we have a discount code, which is divine feminine. Oh my God. Perfect. Yeah. Does not exist yet. 
Let's do divine feminine. I love that. Okay. So that's going to be divine feminine is the code. And you can find that at humandesignblueprint.com. Look at the top and you can go to guide. And then if you're just like, I want to learn everything human design, then we have a lot of amazing classes on our website that dive into every piece from types to all the arrows. So if you just want to dive deep, those are really beautiful places. Um, and then I also share a lot for free, obviously on Instagram. Um, and I am there both at Erin Claire Jones and at Human Design Blueprint. Amazing. I probably could record another hour with you because there's so many different things <laughs> on the charts that you can ask questions over, but that's been amazing. And it's been a real help for me personally. And I'm sure so many of the listeners love that episode as well. So if you do want to find out more mm -hmm. from Erin, I will leave a link to her Instagram in the description of the podcast and also to get the blueprint as well. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for your time. Of course. Thank you so much for listening to Lift Yourself Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe. And if you would like to see more content from me, follow me on Instagram at underscore Laura Lifts underscore. If you're feeling generous, give this podcast a review on the Apple Podcast app as it will help this podcast get in front of more people who need to hear this content. Thank you so much for listening. I am so, so grateful to have you with me and I'm really looking forward to speaking to you next time.